Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of Holding the Ball. It's the first week of the three-week split rounds with six games on and six teams cooling their heels. Victorian COVID-19 outbreak again has required a, a reshuffle of the draw to get all the games on. And there are a couple of surprises in them. Who would have believed it? And today's talking point will focus on Carlton's fading season and where that leaves the club in the back half of 2021. Finally, I'll provide some laughs for you as I attempt to find a way to predict all six winners from next week's round. In fact, there'll be seven, hopefully, because there are seven games. All that coming up on Thoughts from the Metal Cavern. Here is the weekly wrap-up. Well, one thing I'll give you the real tip on is that it's really hard to sit here and try and talk into about a podcast when you've got a bowl of chips staring at your face and you just really want to eat those rather than talk. But then I'd never get this done. So I'll just clear my mouth a little bit and we'll go. On Friday nights... Uh, the game between Melbourne and Brisbane was switched from Alice Springs to Giant Stadium with the COVID uh, lockdown everywhere from Northern Territory to Victoria to no one's letting any Victorians in, basically. And so the game played at Giant Stadium, as I said, ground was about half full, which was pretty good. And unfortunately, there's only one half of the field, which probably detracted from when you were kicking to the Northern End. The Demons were down by 20 at half time, and still they regrouped to show why they are probably title favourites against a very, very good opposition. The Lions' win streak was halted. They also got halted in the midfield, and they got halted at the back, and they got halted up forward. Certainly in that second half, it was a real change. Whatever was said in the dressing rooms at half time in the Demons' sheds, they should bottle that. Once again, the Demons now still only lost one game this season. That was by a point to Adelaide. So they're on a roll, and they'll be looking to continue that all the way through the season. At the SCG on Saturday afternoon, the Swans held on in an absolute classic against St Kilda. Swans 92 finished up defeating St Kilda 83. There was only five points of difference in the final few minutes, the Swans holding on to the lead. And Jack Higgins who ended up kicking 1-6 for the match, missed two set shots from pretty much dead in front of the post. And that would have only, as it turned out, because he kicked two behinds, it cut the lead to three instead of giving him the lead. James Rowbottom then kicked a late goal to seal the match for the Swans. So Kilda have now lost three of their last five to be two games out of the top eight. While the Swans' win cements their position in the top eight fairly comfortably. Would this have been any different if this game was played in Melbourne as it was supposed to be before moving because of the COVID outbreak down there in Victoria? Well, we'll never know. I don't know that it would have made much difference, but who am I to tell? 
At the Adelaide Oval, despite being beaten in every single statistical category except, I think, marks taken, Collingwood found a way to get up and beat Adelaide 78-73. The Pies pulled their usual first quarter stunt by rushing out to a fairly substantial lead, but as they have done in most games this season, they were then dragged back in before halftime arrived. It was a welcome return from injury of Jamie Elliott, sorry, who ended up kicking six goals, including four in that first quarter. Adelaide were very wasteful with their shooting. They had enough chances to kick goals and kicked far too many behinds. And the Pies still fell asleep in defence on a number of occasions, ridiculously, and uh, not playing to the whistle. And it cost them at least two goals when they just stopped dead waiting for the whistle to blow and some, uh, Adelaide went on to kick goals out of it. I don't know what Buckley's going to do about that, except kick them up the arse again. In the Dreamtime game, which was moved from the MCG over to Perth's Optus Stadium, which then sold out in a matter of minutes. So a full house there at Optus Stadium, 60,000. And it just shows that a game of this magnitude... Uh, it can be played anywhere and it can fill grounds. It doesn't have to be at the MCG. Richmond led all match until Melbourne, sorry, Essendon then came in and they kicked four straight goals in the fourth quarter that saw the Bombers hit the lead with nine minutes to go by three points. And who was that? It was, looked like a great finish was in the offering. And then the Tigers kicked seven goals in that final nine minutes to win by 39 points, which is just amazing how that happened. They just got on a roll and just steamrolled at Essendon after they'd worked so hard to get back into the game and then snatched the lead. The Dons showed that you know they had the fight that they have for most of the season, um, but they'd be really disappointed with the way that game finished. Some commentators at the end of the game believed it showed the return of the ruthless Tigers. And I think that's a heap of crap, to be honest, because they got on a roll absolutely towards the end. And that last nine minutes, as I said, seven goals. But is it a real show of their premiership potential to allow teams to get back into the game that close to the end and then have to pull something like that? I guarantee you, I don't think the coach will agree that it shows that they have their premiership potential back. At the SCG on Sunday, another team forced to move their home game out of Melbourne as Carlton took on the West Coast. And it was a terrific contest up until three-quarter time. The Blues got within three points with several minutes left of the third quarter. But in the fourth quarter, again, they just fell apart as they have a few times in 2021 and they were just unable to stay with the Eagles at all. West Coast kicked two goals early in that fourth quarter but then the score basically didn't change for the last 13 minutes of play. I think there was a one behind by each team as they both went back and forwards trying to find a break to open the game up. We'll discuss Carlton shortly. But uh, West Coast stopped a two-game losing streak with this win. But they have the match against Richmond coming up next. And it will give us a better idea of where both those teams stand in 2021. And the final game of the weekend over there at Optus Stadium again was Frio and the Bulldogs. And Fremantle 
went behind in the 14th second of the match. I'm not kidding. 14 seconds into the match, they went down 1-0. But they never, ever led from that point on. Injuries to their team didn't help their impetus with several stars going down at different times during the match. But having now lost four of the last five, it's put them in a predicament. Though it has to be said that three of those five, three of those four losses, sorry, have been against teams sitting in the top four. So not all is lost, but they really do need to get a, a wriggle on if they want to contend for finals. They've got the Suns next match, which probably helps them out a lot. The Bulldogs, again, continue to work hard and dominate the midfield. And they've still got some key personnel to come back, so they're setting themselves up really nicely this season, uh, currently in second spot. So the full-time score there was 3-0-65, Bulldogs 93. And that's the weekend wrap. And now, here's this week's Talking Point. Look, I didn't go back and and go trawl through the previous podcast episodes of this season's AFL, which I, I probably should have. But I am pretty sure that we've spoken about Carlton before already this season. And while there are other clubs that I could probably do a, a spot on, you know, a bit of soul searching uh, as to how they're going to go or how they're going this season, it's the Blues who are again in the spotlight as far as I can see. And probably no more so than from their own supporters. And the big thing at the moment for them is that they've won four games this season. In a season where they were really pushing to play finals, and that was coming from the the club, the coach, the playing staff. So why isn't it working for them? Well, one of the things that I have looked at, to me, it has been that of the 12 fourth quarters they've played, Blues have only won five of those. And two of those were actually against Port Adelaide and Brisbane, when those two teams were already well ahead and Carlton was well beaten. So out of the other 10 fourth quarters this season, they've only won three. Now, I know it might sound obvious that if you only win four games out of 12, that you're only going to win five of those fourth quarters. But it's it's really been the difference because Carlton have shown tenacity and fighting qualities in the first two-thirds of matches this season, and they've really stuck it to teams really well. But when they really need to rise up in order to seal the game or to snatch the game, they have been really lacking in those fourth quarters. Now, I don't know whether it's fitness I don't know whether it's it's uh, a lack of uh, the skills required. I don't know if it's uh, other teams just being better than them and running over the top of them. But to me, those fourth quarters for Carlton this year have been killers. Now, on occasions, you know, you get overrun. But at the very least, they've been, you know, you've got to be able to hold up those teams. Or you've got to try and stop the scoreboard being scored against you, and you've got to find a way to get down there and get on the scoreboard yourself. Because if you can't, then you are in a position where Carlton are. In essence, yeah, in essence, yeah, Carlton, in their fourth quarters, they haven't looked likely to win games at all this season, even when they've been in front, even when they've actually gone on to win the game. In the fourth quarter, they haven't looked like a team who's going on to win a game. They haven't looked like 
going on to win the game of their own accord, and they haven't looked like stopping the opposition from coming over the top of them. So we can go back historically now over the last 20 years, basically, and since 2002, including 2002, Carlton have won five wooden spoons. Now, before 2002, they had never won a wooden spoon. They had never finished last. And they've now won five in the last 20 years. They've been through six coaches in the last 20 years. And you look at someone like, and it's easy to say, but let's choose Collingwood for a start, who have had two coaches. They've had six. And they've had high-profile coaches too. They've had... Dennis Pagan was the coach for five years. They had Mick Mulhouse who was there for three years. And those guys know how to win, but they couldn't do anything with Carlton. They had a, a Carlton legend in Brett Ratton take on the coaching role. And he did some you know reasonable stuff, but again, he eventually was pushed aside. They had new blood in Brendan Bolton and now David Teague. And they just haven't been able to make the changes necessary to get this team to win. Now, Teague admitted after the loss to West Coast this weekend that his team is not ready to contest finals. And he has only had a half season in 2019, and then he had a full season last year, which was very COVID, <laughs> COVID-related and tough to work with, and then half of this season in order to try and find a way to fix the problems that Carlton have. So, to be honest, he probably deserves the chance to do so. He needs more time, and he needs time in a situation where he can have a normal run of things with training and with playing games than worrying about for the last 18 months, as he has had to, worry about last year being in bubbles and playing away from home, and then again this year having games moved uh, and, and trying to get keep your players on the park and fit and healthy and motivated. So he probably does deserve a bit longer to try and get this team to go. But even then, it would be incredibly unlikely. It's like it is. It's incredibly unlikely now for the Blues to reach the finals in 2021. So they're three games outside the top eight and there's only ten games to go. And the teams that are in front of them, also trying to make that top eight, are more likely to win games, you would suspect, than Carlton currently are. But they have to. Carlton, the coach and the players, they have to show that they are still improving and that they're willing to fight for the rest of the season. They've got to, they've got to draw a line after this game on the weekend, surely. Draw the line and say, right, whatever we are now, we are four, we've won sort of four out of 12. We've got 10 games to go. They've just got to say, we've got to win half of those. So you've got to win half of those games. And that's, that's, that's a no-brainer, I know. And if you win more than that, that's great. But at least go in there saying, well, we're going to win five of our last 10, and at least we're going to go into next season, we're going into a pre-season, and we're going to be able to show that we're going to work hard enough that we can get closer than we are. If they can't do that, then Carlton you know, are going to start looking down the road again and wondering just where their bottom may be. Now, they are a better team now than they were at the end of the Bolton era. In the last 30 games under Brendan Bolton, and this is not having a crack at the coach, but in the last 30 games, 
Carlton won three of those 30 games. So they've already shown this year. Won four out of 12 this year. That's a hell of a lot better percentage than that is. But mediocrity has become passe with Carlton over the last 20 years. And they need to expect better of themselves. That's as a club, as a coach, as a coaching staff, and as a playing group, if they are ever going to find a way to get back to being a premiership contender, which, as of right now, looks a long way off. But what's happening next week? Alrighty, let's have a look at the draw for next weekend, and all games once again have been moved out of Victoria. There will be no games in Victoria again this weekend. There's some pretty damn good games too. Well, I'm hoping they're good games. Good contests. Thursday night at the Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide take on Geelong in what should be a fantastic game. Both teams are looking to fight to get into that top four. Geelong currently reside there. Port Adelaide are just outside on percentage, so one of these two teams will be in the top four at the end of this game, and the other will be looking back with some dismay, I'd suspect. I know Port have been up and down this year, and no doubt Geelong have as well. They've both had a week off. Uh, at home, I think that Port will go ahead and win this game, but I'm hoping that's an absolute beauty and decided only by a few points. On Friday, another really tough game. Sydney Swans up against Hawthorne. Now, I know everyone's laughing at me as I just said a tough game. Uh, well, Hawthorne have got a pretty good record against Sydney, and even though they are currently not great in any way, shape, or form, the Swans will not want to take them lightly. They are playing very well, the Swans. They've shown that in recent weeks. But you don't want to let the Hawks get into your heads, uh, and uh, especially the way that the Swans are going. They've got more to lose than Hawthorne do, certainly at this point of the season. So I'll tip the Swans, but uh, always with trepidation tipping against the Hawks. On Saturday, we have Fremantle taking on the Gold Coast Suns over there at Optus Stadium in Perth. The Suns have uh, started to fall over again, which is a shame. And uh, Fremantle, as I've said uh, earlier in the podcast, they've lost three from the last four of their last five, but three of them were against the top four teams. There's only one game between these two guys on the ladder and the Suns are coming off a win against the Hawks. I still don't think over there there's any chance of beating Fremantle, and uh, Fremantle need a win to get themselves back into finals contention, and I'm sure that's exactly what their coach will be saying. It'll depend on what their injury toll looks like. Uh, if um, some of their players are out injured, as it looks like they may be, then that might be a tougher game. Saturday night, we have St Kilda against Adelaide, the match of the two losing teams from last weekend, who will both be looking for wins for various reasons. You would think Adelaide certainly aren't a chance of making finals this year. St Kilda absolutely have to win if they think they're going to play finals this year. They've fallen over from last year, and I think uh, Brett Ratton must be pulling his hair out trying to work out what is going wrong with this team, especially when you can't kick two goals from in front. Sorry. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> I think you'll find St Kilda will bounce back. This is up at Kazali Stadium up there in, at Cairns, and I think that uh, it's going to be a very long trip for Adelaide, and I think St Kilda will bounce back and win that comfortably. On Sunday afternoon, 
We have North Melbourne against the Giants down there at Blundstone Arena in Hobart. Well, if, if North are going to win another game this season, this could be it. The Giants are no easy beats, and they've been good, but they did get a bit of a belting against Brisbane two weeks ago, and they've had to week off, uh, as have North. But uh, if the Giants don't go down there thinking they're up for a tough game, then they could fall right into North's hands. I'll tip the Giants uh, and hope that that's the way it goes, but it wouldn't be a surprise to see North push them really hard. The second game on Sunday, which is a Sunday night game with the long weekend coming up, I think, in some of the states, and going to be tough for some of them, West Coast Eagles against Richmond, which is going to be very instructive. Seventh against eighth currently on the table. Uh, Not much... Uh, at the moment, there is there's pretty much no pressure on either of these teams falling outside the eight uh, because of the, the the gap that suddenly exists. But whoever loses will be looking behind them very very carefully. So it's a long way for Richmond to travel. Uh, they've had a good win this weekend, as have the West Coast. They'll be travelling back. They'll be hoping to put on a show. Their last home game they lost at home. Uh, in a boil over to Essendon, so they'll be looking to pick up their pick up the pieces there and uh, give their fans something to cheer about. Um, ooh, you know what? I'm going to tip the Tigers. I think the Tigers need probably will be looking. I'm sure the coach will be on them to say we need to start showing that we're still title contenders. So I think they'll be pushed really hard this week. And I expect that Richmond will get up in what should be a terrific game. And then we have the holiday Monday game, which has been moved to the SCG, um, which is the uh, motor neuron disease freeze game. Although they're still having the slide down there at MCG, apparently, which just seems superfluous and ridiculous. And I agree with Jared Waitley with everything he said about this. Melbourne play Collingwood uh, and... There's no way Collingwood are going to beat Melbourne. In the current form that they're both showing, there is no way that Collingwood can get close to them. Quick look at the ladder just to finish off. Uh, at the top, on their own, Melbourne, who have won 11, lost one, and that one was lost by a point. Second, the Bulldogs on 40 points, only two losses. Uh, they're also looking good. Big gap. With the bye round, currently they're eight points clear of Geelong and Brisbane, who are on 32, as well as Port Adelaide and the Sydney Swans. So all those four teams are now on 32 from third through the sixth. Only percentage is uh, separating them. And then a further game back, West Coast and Richmond on 28. Then we have a two-game break back to Essendon and the Giants and Fremantle and St Kilda, all on 20 points, but the Giants do have a game in hand. The Suns and Carlton and Adelaide are all on 16 points. Collingwood move into outright 16th with their massive win on 12 points. Hawthorne, though, have a game in hand on 8, so they could get back to equal 16th. And North Melbourne holding up the rear, but with a game in hand on 4 points. Alrighty, well that's all for this week, and uh, this actually podcast probably went longer than I thought it was going to, but anyway, sometimes when I start rambling on, it just keeps spewing out. I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard, and maybe been a bit informed by some of what you've heard, 
and I hope you'll come back next week when I'll do it all again here on Holding the Ball on Thoughts from the Metal Cabin. <laughs>